What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we talk about faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal. Today is no different. I am so excited to have a special guest. She is a member of our community, a longtime member of our community, both in our academy as well as our actual Mythos community. She's on our calls every single weekend, and her knowledge is limitless, seemingly. Um, I've learned so much from her. She is a practicing witch, and I do believe that she is going to reveal a secret of Jesus or many secrets of Jesus today that possibly your pastor doesn't even know. And we're also going to talk about the very real dangers of religious or faith-based deconstruction. Ashley Ward, thank you so much. Let me say that again. Ashley Ward, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Uh, introduce yourself, share with everybody a little bit about what you actually do, um, and kind of demystify this a little bit of what a practicing witch actually is. Yeah, sure. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, I very much appreciate it. Um, love the community. It's been life-changing for me. Thank you. Um, yeah, just a, an amazing family. Um, so, so my we won't get into this quite yet, but my journey to becoming like a practicing witch is a, a very long journey because I did grow up in the church. Um, but what I what I do as far as like a on a daily basis or with my um, practices, it has to do with my own heritage, my own ancestry. Um, but mostly what I do is, um, I work with, uh, certain spirits and certain kind of entities, uh, that were, uh, drawn to me. Um, mm -hmm. and then I do astrology readings. That's what I spend the majority of my time doing is doing astrology readings and helping people, um, kind of self-actualize and do awesome. some work. So. Awesome. That is fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things I love about you, of course, I came out of the church as well, and I grew up in a, a homeschool tradition that uh, we couldn't even watch Harry Potter, right? You know, it was, it was very, very strict. Um, my parents weren't as strict as some of the other members, but I do remember one thing is like, I would always read uh, things out of the Bible, and I would think that they were highly mystic, and I would be taught by these same groups that, no, this is literal, um, no, this is to point out your salvation alone. This has nothing to do with the inherent literal magical abilities that Jesus seemingly possessed. Um, and he was certainly not the first person in history to exhibit these abilities. Um, and it appears, you know, that he was quickly turned into a figure of religious proportions rather than a mystic uh, who he most likely was. Um, and mystics are often misunderstood and throughout history, even unalived uh, because of their beliefs. So let's talk a little bit about what are, uh, and I want to just get into the meat of this right now. What are some of the things you have dealt with that are literally the dangers of deconstruction? You left the church. How are you treated with that? But then now, how are you treated now that you're a practicing spiritualist from the same crowd? Yeah, definitely. So, um, I will go back to uh, my like late junior high years. I remember being in youth group. Um, I've always been someone that just 
is fascinated with histories and mythologies and different civilizations. Mm -hmm. I remember um, sitting there in the in the little youth group in a non-denominational church, uh, great church, nothing mm -hmm. against them at all. Absolutely. But, yeah, they're actually wonderful people. But um, I remember uh, they were talking about um, Easter and the importance of Easter. And mm -hmm. I had brought up in the youth group that like, well, this actually goes back to like Babylonian times um, and either worshiping uh, Ishtar um, or, um, you know, uh, the other names, you know, in Celtic. Um, and I was like, this is really actually like a fertility celebration. It has nothing to do with Jesus. And right, right. they didn't yep. like that. They did not like that. So, Interesting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Uh, not kicked out officially, but it was like talked to, like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're only talking about Jesus. So simmer that down a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just one yeah. example I can think of uh, growing up. Um, but I did leave the church officially in uh, 2012. Awesome. And awesome. I was quite young, uh, so yeah. I was about 19 when I left the church. And the reason that I did that um, was because I could not. I couldn't handle the the dogma and um, the condemnation that came from being right. in the church and anyone right. that doesn't believe what you believe. And like I said, being so fascinated with history, none of that made sense to me. So like, you can, not only can you not be the only ones that are right in history, mm -hmm. you don't have it all. Like this is such a small section. And so- yeah. Um, I left, yeah, so I left the church in 2012, um, much to my family's detriment. Uh, but then after that, it was a little difficult because I still had faith. I still had, um, you know, I still talked to, um, I guess, God or, you, you mm -hmm. know, I talked to Jesus. Absolutely. And I had relationships with angels and, and I'd seen so many miracles and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was really, it was really difficult but I was like, well, how do I do this without religion? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, um, like a lot of us in 2020, I had, um, yeah, some severe yeah. things that happened. Yeah, yep. that uh, really catapulted me uh, mm -hmm. out of the confusion of, because um, there really is no way to marry um, staunch religion with your own belief unless you subscribe exclusively to one or the other. Right, right. And yep. then I kind of found a way to do that. Very cool, very cool. Um, I totally align with you on that. You know, of course, I, I even worked within the church for almost seven years. Uh, loved my time there, by the way. Uh, but the more I developed in my understanding and my own research, the kind of the more polarizing I was with the actual core message. And I think that's one of the things that started to bother me about the modern church is there was no room for evolution within that message. If new data comes out and it seems like there might be a more probable narrative within the data that we have, why are we not exploring that? And it really, it came down to tradition. When you have 2000 years of tradition, uh, it doesn't matter if you're in a non-denominational church, it's all based on Roman Catholicism. Uh, nothing against that. I have lots of friends and family, but basically what I'm trying to say there is you're not going to change. Uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so therefore, uh, you can love the old dog, uh, 
Uh, but if you want a dog that you can take with you in the pickup truck, you need to get a new puppy and train it. And that's that's kind of how I approached it uh, with my spirituality. And it sounds very similar to, to what you went through. Um, let's get to the danger of it. What uh, did you experience anything that was, you know, there's a very real thing called religious trauma syndrome. And I had a touch of it, and I know other people that have had it way worse than I did. I was rebellious enough from a young age to kind of develop my own belief system, even alongside, and be able to kind of like covertly still hear a message and go, yeah, well, I don't know about that, you know, but I would still be working on my belief system. So did you experience anything that was outright scary, outright uh, harmful to you, or just outright detrimental to your own mental health? Uh, so uh, the short answer is yes, absolutely, I did, uh, and experienced uh, religious trauma. Um, however, I cannot fully blame like um, the church or religious institution for this because absolutely. a lot of it had to do with um, uh, my mom's ex-husband, so my stepfather growing up, and so he was uh, very radical in mm -hmm. some. Um, even though the church saw things and maybe turned a blind eye, mm -hmm. I cannot inherently blame them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. However, I will say um, that uh, leaving the church uh, in, I guess, well, for my experience in any capacity mm -hmm. is, um, it is going to give you a lot of um, hate and naysayers. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And then also, um, it, you know, there's no room for questioning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then in my experience, too, being in the church, when uh, my mom uh, left him, uh, her ex-husband, gotcha. um, it was a lot of, um, well, you guys need to stay in the church and keep your faith. And we knew what was going on, but now that he's gone, you know, like only keep your faith, but we're not going to actually help you really go through any of this so like whenever there's a real question so it's like mm -hmm. deal with trauma uh you know how do we deal with abuse and things like that it's always like we'll lean on jesus yeah yeah absolutely what does that mean yeah yeah, yeah. because everybody's version of jesus is different and one person's jesus may be a part of their psyche that's very strong and very able to heal and another version of jesus i've watched people uh, in their own lives, unfortunately, because that Jesus wasn't strong enough. Um, and I say that with all love and respect to everyone. Um, and I'm not saying Jesus is in your head either. Uh, but I am saying that, you know, I talk a lot on here about what Tulpa is. And you can take a very real idea or a very real entity and still project your own manifestation of it. Just like you may have a friend and you are you love that friend and you think that friend is so cool and really that friend is actually a criminal behind the scenes and you you have no idea but your perception of that criminal or that that friend is he's not a criminal right um and how many of us have realized later in life that our friends or our partners are not what we thought they were right and so that's what i talk about when everybody has their own version of what jesus is supposed to be for you know group a jesus is savior group b He's a mystic. Group C, did he even exist? And so there's so many versions of that. And to just simply tell someone who's experienced things that they need real, tangible help and support for, 
to tell them just lean on Jesus is not acceptable in my book. Uh, and that's why I built the community that I did so that we had real encouragement. And I say that our community is not for support. Support is what a counselor or a family member or a friend or a spouse does. Encouragement is a community of people that can literally be there to encourage you every day. Uh, and there's a big difference. And the, the church has tried to be both throughout history. And in modern times, it's, it's started to become neither and become a brand rather than an actual house of encouragement or support for people. So that's right. Um, and if I could, yeah. if I could go say, ahead. Yeah. Um, so when I, I said I left the church in 2012 and the uh, kind of rhetoric from my family, very, uh, so it's like fundamentalist Christian, very conservative. Mm -hmm. And the rhetoric with them was like, oh, well, she's just like a lost sheep or like the prodigal daughter. Like she'll come mm -hmm. back. Right. But right. when I shifted into the practice that I have now in spirituality, that was like an offense instead of just, mm -hmm. there's almost like this, like if you have a different school of thought, then you're a mm -hmm. threat. If you're just leaving and maybe have like a agnostic or atheist view right. that's right. not absolutely absolutely and i've always said like the church doesn't have a problem with an agnostic but they have a problem with a gnostic and there's a big difference and so if you don't know what that is by the way people are confused by that all the time agnostic means without knowledge a gnostic means someone who has knowledge and it does not mean that group a is stupid and group b is is smart it means someone has chosen to have a personal awareness and knowledge of what Jesus was actually talking about. And then the other group has chosen to say, hey, I don't see any value there. I don't even know if it's real. So I would prefer to just not further my knowledge in that. And that's a personal choice and a very respectable one, by the way. Uh, that's why there's so many ascended masters and I love it. Somebody can leave the church and go find Buddhism and find a beautiful path within that. And then later come back to the teachings of Jesus and go, oh, wait a minute, this does make sense. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. Go, yeah. I, I will say that I, um, I actually kind of treasure about my upbringing because we were, when I say we, I have uh, six younger siblings. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have nine younger siblings, but I didn't find the other ones till I was in my adulthood. Wow. Um, grew up with uh, being the oldest of seven and we were homeschooled. Um, at various points, but mainly after 9-11. So I was like about eight or nine and oh, until, God, no. yeah, until yep. uh, senior year. And so because it was so Bible forward mm -hmm. um, and because that was so drilled into me, I actually, um, I count that as like a gift now because when I talk to people um, about the Bible or about mm -hmm. spirituality that uh, they automatically assume if they think, um, or if they just see like, if I have a tarot card or they see like, mm -hmm. a, they'll just assume like, Oh, you're, you're a pagan or you're a witch. You don't mm -hmm. know anything about the Bible, but I would actually argue. And I do argue on a daily basis that I actually know the Bible extremely well because yeah. it was more of the foundation of my education than anything else. Absolutely. And, and the reason that I go and I go into these circles where we have debates, um, where people are really trying, they're really, they are trying to find the truth. Otherwise yes. it wouldn't be there. They'd just be in their uh, pews. Um, but it's because like, if I don't share 
that side of it with people than all of that, uh, you know, religious abuse was for yeah. nothing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I worked in the church for, like I said, the better part of seven years and um, got to do some incredible things, everything from making podcasts to helping host podcasts, wonderful, incredible group of people. But through that, I began to learn more. And, you know, it wasn't learning more to try to prove the doctrine of the institution I was working within. It was just learning more because I was really curious. And the more I learned, the more I was like, well, wait a minute, that's just a weird coincidence. Or, you know, is everything stealing from Christianity? You know, but then when you actually look at it and reverse engineer it, you actually find out that actually the opposite might potentially be true, where a lot of the biblical stories are actually coming out of other traditions, other times and places, and have been what we call appropriated into a new culture, a new belief system, rather than honoring the old ones. And of course, that's happened thousands of times throughout history. It's nothing new. And it doesn't even mean that there's anyone to blame necessarily. It just as a, a family tells stories and hands them down, they're going to evolve and become the new generation's lore and legend rather than the true stories that two or three generations before knew. Imagine that over thousands and thousands of years. And that's what we have within the church. And you have so many people emotionally charged that if one word of this magic 66 book, um, you know, compendium uh, or grimoire, you know, in, in your terminology, right, is essentially a book of magic and spells when you look into it. And if one word of that is not true or not authentic in, in the holy word of God, then our entire belief system is threatened. That's where I started to have a problem because when I find out that, oh, all of, you know, uh, a lot of the writings of Paul are pseudepigrapha where it's not even written by him. Um, and that was the original reason why the book of Enoch was left out of the Bible well, if it's good enough to leave that book out, why do we have all of these? If you did that to the Bible and said, well, if somebody else wrote it and it wasn't proven authentic by the, the author that's the namesake on that book, you would only have about like 30 or 40 books in the Bible right now. And so that's that, that blew my mind. And I had to get away from my emotion and go, okay, I want to know who Jesus really is. I want to know who God really is. And I got down on my knees one day and I was like, God, I'll give it all up. I want to know who you really are. And I and I literally used, I think I dropped an F-bomb during this prayer. I don't give up who you are or what the truth is or what tradition it's found in. I've got to know the truth and I'm willing to just start over if I can begin my life's work around this truth, whatever that is, whatever mode that is. Because I knew I wanted to help people. That's my life's work, whether I'm helping them with marketing or build a business, or helping them with spirituality. Um, I knew I wanted to help them, and I couldn't help them if I couldn't find the truth. If I was just playing into belief systems that were told to me, I'm not helping anyone. And that began the wild journey for me. And so talk about, you know, how did you get your emotion away from it? Especially that fear of, what if I go to H-E-L-L, -L, right? Um, how did you remove emotion from it so that you could authentically explore? Uh, okay. Yeah. So then like if I left the church in, uh, 2012 and I didn't fully like come into my spiritual practice until about 2020, mm -hmm. 
eight years of, it was really kind of a wilderness. I was doing things that I thought I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Clear family, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, trying to build a career, uh, very, uh, miserable basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll go, I guess this is a good point to go into this. Um, the reason that I study astrology the way that I do and that I, I mean, it's really my job is to be an astrologer and read people's charts is because, um, there were a lot of things that happened to me in 2020 other than just like the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, um, I left my husband, um, mm. very, a violent situation, uh, like in the middle of the night kind of thing. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I had to uh, up and move in with family with my, I have three children. Oh my gosh. Good for you, by the way. Good for you. Protect yourself and get out of those situations. A lot of people did that in 2020 too. A lot of people went, wait a minute. Okay. I can't. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah. And so that was kind of, um, I guess, a, a blessing in disguise. I wish it never happened, especially for the the kids sake, but yeah. it's, I moved in with family and, um, and it was a uh, it was several months after that um so that all happened in like december 2020 so then if we go into 2021 we'll say like march mm-hmm. i had just had this pull and i had some dreams and visions that were leading me towards more of what i do now mm-hmm. um and i had i had this uh this vision about uh kind of getting introduced to the planets and and this this and that I, it's it sounds crazy but that was my dream mm-hmm. then i uh connected with um a a young lady i'm still very good friends with her who is an astrologer and she uh read my chart for me it was the first time i ever got it read and um she started talking about that i was like right into my saturn return mm-hmm. and, um she said um or i asked her is like well when did that start and she said oh uh December 17th of 2020. You're <laughs> kidding me because that was literally three days after I left in the middle of the night and I was in line at the courthouse filing for divorce and getting a restraint. Wow. The oh day turn started. So wow. that's where, yeah. So that's where I was like, okay, well, I'm sold. Um, and I've been studying astrology ever since. But as far as like the, um, the, um, the fear goes, that was the biggest thing to deconstruct of all. Um, and that actually was the best thing because I realized that most of my faith growing up was based on fear, fear of going to burn um, and not actually feeling the love of a divine God. It was literally staying in line so that you don't, you know, get mm-hmm. a punishment. And so, yeah, that's some of the hardest things for people. It is. It is. And uh, Jeffrey says, uh, Jeffrey, thank you for the comment. Any extracurricular information usually is deemed mystical or occultism by the church uh, and considered grounds for eternal. um, Yeah, I can't say that word on here, but you guys know what we're talking about. Uh, It's easy enough to convince people to be afraid of going to H.E. Double Toothpick or not inheriting the kingdom. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that was where, you know, my story, Ashley's story, very similar in, in the same, you know, I remember a conversation one day I had with, uh, one of the leading pastors, um, and their specific words to me, and I haven't shared this until now, but were, uh, you know, Jesus is not Buddha. 
and we've got to get our theology straight. Okay. We're not here to theorize. We're here to tell the truth. And I remember immediately my, my mind just had this, this screaming voice in it. And it was like, by whose standard, like whose truth, like, what are you talking about? And why are you the authority for that? Like, just because you have doctorate degree or whatever does not make you, uh, you know, and I, I can't say that on here either, but uh, just because you're papered doesn't mean that you're pure, right? Uh, just like a dog, you, and I don't know why I'm using dog uh, analogies today, probably because I have three of them surrounding me. Uh, but just because you have a dog that has papers doesn't mean it's going to be well-behaved or worthy of that AKC registration, right? Um, and so the same thing goes with anybody who has um, higher level degrees and stuff. And I very much respect that. But I've also learned in my studies, there's a difference between someone who is deeply passionate about finding the truth and someone who's deeply passionate about proving their papers, and that, that is a huge difference. And I have both in my family. And nine times out of 10, I find that I can tell the person who's passionate um, over the person who's papered just by hearing them talk like you. And, and sometimes they're papered too. Sometimes they have the mm -hmm. stamp of approval by the institution. And that's incredible. And I think we need more people who are really passionate to find the truth and push that status quo and say, hey, I know this has been accepted for the last 500 years, a thousand years, but maybe we need to really look into this. Um, and one subject I want to broach today um, is the God of the Old Testament. Uh, hmm. this is, uh, I always want to go there. I, I always want to go there. I always want to go there because this is one of the easiest ones for people to see. And this is why I want to go there. Not to attack that God, not to tell other people. Uh, to quit going to church or be against any religion here. You guys know this is a love and light community. We don't care who you are, where you do or don't go to church or who you're married to, or whether you practice witchcraft or practice, uh, you know, water ballet. We don't care. Um, as long as you're here in love and light and you're seeking truth and helping others do the same and living up to your full potential as a divine entity, because that's your identity. Um, that's why we're here. And so one of the things to me that's the easiest to spot when you begin to pull your emotion away and you start to look at all of these gods in the Old Testament, one of which is the big Y, the big Yahweh. Um, and there are multiple versions of that. It's very hard for people to understand who is Yahweh and who is the I am. Um, and Jesus made it very clear. He said before Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was I am. And he's talking about that metaphysical, the I am, the I am God. God is me. I am, I am the father and one, right? Um, and then this other entity is what we would call a tribal God. Um, some people say that these gods never existed, that they were literally made up culturally based on the planets and the stars um, to rule over certain times. And then some over time, they became tulpas and became very real. Some people say they literally came down from the stars and spaceships and helped build societies and communities. Where do you stand on that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm I'm of the understanding that Jesus was definitely a star seed and came to reveal the truth about the old gods and remind us that hey, you're actually made by them. So why are you worshiping them? Like, why would you worship your own father? And doesn't a father give good gifts? And remembering that the Old Testament God was quite the judge uh, of things and quite uh, angry a lot. So where do you stand on that? Uh, not to just 
throw that at you, but it's a big narrative that I have here. So yeah, that's no, that's um, that is fine, uh, especially because um, um, it is kind of part of I think my life's purpose is to um, help other people deconstruct. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you need to deconstruct? Is because you were put in indoctrination in the first. Why? So why is religious indoctrination a thing? It is literally you a slave. Uh, the word uh, worship is servitude. Yep. Right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which, which in a sense, uh, to me was fine. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I was fine serving uh, a holy God. Right. Right. Yeah. But when you are a God that um, gives uh, 10 commandments and you waste three of them based on how to worship you and you don't ever talk about how to treat children, I take issue. Yep. Yep. I think when I was a, when I was a child, when I was probably early, I had asked in, in youth group again, I was like, well, when it said like, thou shalt not worship any other God before me, like what were these other gods then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No other God, why do yeah. we? worry about you know that was actually probably the beginning of my deconstruction it just you mm -hmm. know took a long time in the environment that i was mm -hmm. in absolutely uh but i just um and that's actually the the core of the reason why i left the church is because um i do i have nothing in my soul in my being that can worship and give my entire life over to a god that not only condones but um you know, uh, propagates things like mass murder, mm -hmm. sacrifice, yep. sacrifices for women. Um, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It seemed also a God that is so wishy-washy. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, I know. honestly, like, like yep. his relationship with Israel was really complicated. <laughs> yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Here in the grace, uh, you know, yep. and like, Hey, if you step on a line again, you're all just, you know, yep. That didn't well, and and what you were saying too is like, wouldn't a good God want you to serve others and love that God, not serve that God and be enslaved to that God and follow a set of rules? Like, and then people justify, well, those rules were just so humanity didn't unalive itself. Well, I mean, we were doing okay before that. Why, you know, I don't understand. When you actually put people together in a situation um where they are activating even if you have a handful of people that are trying to serve others the people that aren't inherently natural to doing that will follow along that's why you only need one percent and so rather than setting up 10 specific rules why not like what jesus did share the law of love uh because that changes the whole paradigm and it changes the god we serve and i think that's a huge difference judge everything so um so people, you know, like they find out that I'm doing tarot or I'm doing astrology or I'm a witch. Uh, immediately it goes to like uh, torches and pictures, yep. right? But then I always will argue with them. Well, what's the fruit? Because Jesus said people know them by their fruit. And when we test the God of the Old Testament by his fruit, it's not good. It it's is all rotten. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, that has nothing to do culturally with the millions of people that follow any of the Abrahamic religions. Okay. We are not calling you out. You are not dumb. All we're doing is offering a different way. Okay. And ask these questions to yourself. Honestly, don't ask them to your pastor or your priest 
or your, uh, you know, whatever the other names are, um, ask them to yourself and yourself will answer. God within you will answer and you will get a whole lot more clarity. By the way, it can be very disturbing. And that's why a lot of people leave the church. There's a huge misunderstanding that we leave the church because we got pissed off or hurt or something like that. And we didn't leave because of the trauma. We left because we had questions and we couldn't get answers and we couldn't express ourselves. And then we realized we had trauma. Okay. This is not a temper tantrum that a millennial throws here because they didn't get their way. You have people in their seventies and eighties that are deciding to shut the door of their vehicle to the church anymore and go to the park on Sunday or go with friends or go fishing um, and experience God in other ways. And of course, the church has been fighting back on that for a very long time. Um, and as someone who has seen how the sausage is made, I, I totally understand because when people don't come through the door, the lights can't stay on very long. And it's a very fragile balance between getting enough people to come in. And uh, it, it's, it, it becomes less and less, especially the larger the congregation is, becomes less and less about the actual message and helping people. Because here's my thing. I do this podcast every day and I love that people come back and I love that we have an awesome, awesome community. But my goal, my number one goal is that somebody who is on the fence right now watches this episode, never sees me again and begins their own authentic journey and finds their true purpose and finds what they actually believe. And does that benefit me financially? Absolutely not. But I know I've done my job. And not once did I hear from all of my years, and I've worked within multiple traditions. I was even going to be a pastor at different points for a lot of different denominations, depending on where I went, either high school, college, or adulthood. So this is not calling out any church. But that spirit is not there. They want you to come back through the door. The point is to keep you coming back. And in fact, the entire institution is built to put you back under the walls of that church rather than set you free to explore spiritually. Uh, we've got a lot of questions here. Let me run yeah, a couple of these quick. Um, let's see. Let's all become heroes, says, because you discovered your truth. Um, and then we've got uh, Sean says, I can relate to this so much. It feels good to see others speaking on these situations. The sense of guilt I used to feel making myself believe uh, in what my soul didn't. I'm spiritual. I love that. I love that. Uh, and I never. I will never do religion again. I totally understand, my friend. I totally understand. Uh, Carmen says religion has been the center of wars and unalivement, judgment and scandal, the opposite of the God of love. Amen, my friend. Um, and it's time that we quit saying, hey, it's people who are imperfect because we become perfect by loving a perfect God. If you're loving an imperfect God or you're enslaved to an angry God or a judgmental God, you're going to be the same. You become that which you serve. And if you become a slave under love, as even Paul talked about that, then you begin to love people authentically. Now, Pauline theology has a whole nother issue with it because there's a lot of stuff that's been slipped in there. I think after Paul personally, uh, that really formulated the new church and the new standards, if you will. But if you look at some of his snippets where you can tell he was really inspired, um, he even talked about, you know, I cease to exist for it is Christ that lives within me. He's talking about that consciousness, the God consciousness that 
the I am when you actually step into that. Um, so let's talk about you reading tarot. Let's talk about, um, you're an incredible astrologer, by the way. Um, and I mean that guys, if you, if you ever, ever, ever want to work with an expert astrologer, and there's a lot of reasons to, you can go check her out. I'm going to leave this up for a little while, scan this QR code, go ahead and scan it, save it on your phone. You can keep watching, but go ahead and scan this. This is going to be her stand store. Um, and it will look like this, if you can see that. So it's got her face there. She's got her TikTok and her email there. Um, and then you can also go over this to look a little different on your phone. But she's got a tarot reading there, an astrology natal chart reading. By the way, literally one of the most affordably priced people I've ever seen online. Um, you can book one-on-one -on -one reading here or a one-on-one -on -one for tarot. But I want to talk about what those are. And why should the deconstructing Christian think about doing this? Okay. You're, you don't have to sign your soul over to the devil, by the way. You're not going to catch a demon. It's not a cold. Um, guys, I've done this with Ashley personally, several other people in our community. And by several, I mean a lot of our community. Our community inner works all the time. This is not just people. Thank you to viewers that scan that. Keep scanning it. Save it on your phone. Make sure you support her. Um, a lot of people in our community inner support each other. And Ashley's work is so community centric. She knows everybody in our community. She works with them. We are not an MLM. This is not like a pyramid scheme set up where everybody's selling their own stuff. There are a handful of genuine spiritual practitioners uh, that are already practicing in our community. And Ashley is at the forefront of that, who's really taking and crafting her work, has, has her official website does their TikToks all the time. And I really want you to consider checking that out. What it did for me is, here's how I understand it now. As a deconstructed individual, um, Pythagoras would have been considered a witch. Uh, these are algorithms, guys. The math, maths, okay? Even the mainstream is, is really hard on tarot and uh, astrology. Yet you can find it on every big website, Washington Press, CNN, all of those. They all have a you know, an astrology section. I mean, come on. Why is it there if everybody's knocking it? Yet there's a reason that all of our systems of the planet follow these systems. Um, and it's because it's math. It's these algorithms that the sky has laid out. And if you do believe in God, then you can understand that God laid out this beautiful mathematical tapestry that tells us the signs and the seasons. Okay. It's there for us to know when to plant it's there for us to know when to harvest. Um, now that we have Google Calendar and all of these apps and stuff, that's cool. But you can look up and tell a whole lot more than you can by looking at a computer screen. Because the original computer, the original algorithm is already there, burning brightly in the stars and the moon and the sun. And Ashley, I want you to talk a little bit about how did you discover this algorithm and how do you harness it to help yourself and others? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great question. So I talked a little bit about uh, getting my chart read, which is, I think, like the first step, get your own chart read and then yeah. see if it resonates with you, which it weird, like ridiculously did. Mm -hmm. And I am the kind of person that has, um, once I uh, get curious about something, I'm insatiable. So mm -hmm. I can really mm -hmm. stop. But uh, when I really start into it and then 
was resonating for people around me, like friends and family, and it was actually starting to like have a positive effect on people. Mm-hmm. That's what really got me hooked. Awesome. Awesome. But I look at astrology to be like different than most astrologers, mm-hmm. um, where I actually view astrology as kind of like a language or a code of this world or like this matrix. It is not the thing where I'm, you know, like sitting here, like worshiping the planets and this right, is right. like yeah. encoded truth in there. So I not want to figure out what more and more that is. And let me explain that for everybody here. So there, there's a major difference in astrologers out there. There are some that literally look at the different sky daddies up there and the different, you know, planets and, and literally I'm going to give energy to this time right now. I'm going to give that, you know, to this God. And, uh, and that's not really what I've experienced with Ashley. And it's also not how I practice it. I believe we live in a material realm that is an imperfect realm with a perfect mathematical system running it, but because it's lowered in vibration and it's been created by the other entities that live within it, terraformed and modeled and exploded and created and recreated over and over, we end up with basically an imperfect material realm. But as above, so below, Everything we have here is a shadow and type, including the sun and the moon and the stars. The closest you will see God is looking into the sun. And you can't look into the sun because it'll burn your eyes. But the quantum mechanics of what's happening within our sun is the closest that we'll be able to look upon the face of God of what's actually happening in a spiritual realm. Um, And so what Ashley's, I believe, talking about is like, you look at your phone and ask it a question, but do you worship it? Are you like... I have to have my phone all the time. I need to know what my phone is saying and I'm going to give energy and time and money to the phone. Actually, a lot of people do by that definition. But um, if you're like me and you like to go on a hike and turn that baby off, then you understand what it means to use it as a tool to understand what's going on and what the the prescribed seasons and signs and times are here um, and what might be happening in the energetic realms as well. So does that kind of sum that up, Ashley? And it also actually, it ties into, um, it ties into a lot of biblical scripture. Actually, uh, I brought my favorite up here um, when, uh, and this is not the most high, this is Yahweh talking to Job. We know because the most high would never put Job through all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, when, so if you like set, like set the stage, so Job is in the midst of the worst possible misery that he could have that mm-hmm. have he's lost his family his children all his wealth he's got boils on his skin i mean he's just like going through it mm-hmm. and when uh god decides to speak to him he says he just starts bragging about himself i don't know how that was supposed to help joe but he does and he says I'm- um, I hung the stars in the sky, the Dipper, Orion, the Pleiades, and the stars of the and the stars of the south. Uh, we cannot understand the great things that. And then it says we cannot understand the great things that he does. So I don't know if we're like going third person now. All no, yeah, it's he's just bipolar, I think. Yeah, he? and yeah. his miracles, there is no end. And so, I really do think that um the constellations are a code um and i actually i don't believe that it's like an evil thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it is kind of what you are 
you know, like if you start a like a video game and you have a certain set of what character are you gonna play exactly? Yeah, exactly. Yep. that's how. And so the more you know, the more you can understand yourself, and then you can really play to your strengths. So it's a way to, you know, cheat the system. Absolutely, absolutely. And and Ashley did. She only did part of my chart. And the reason we haven't finished it is because I'm just all over the place. But we are going to be finishing it hopefully this week. Um, and she did just the first part of my chart. It's been months ago now. But it, guys, I'm telling you, if you've never had your chart done by someone with her expertise, I cannot tell you how much I recommend it. Because what it did for me is there are things about myself that I didn't know before I did this. And things that I knew that she told me that I've never told anyone. Um, this is not the magic of it. This is the math of it. This is she is an expert mathematician when it comes to the stars and when you were born and what player you've been granted or you've chosen to play in this physical matrix. And over here, uh, Reglu says, appreciate your honesty. Do you believe in reincarnation? Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about here. You might be reincarnated again in a different house and a different sign and go through the same purification process with things that you never experienced this time around. And that's actually what I understand the gospel as the 12 different houses, the 12 different apostles. As you reincarnate, you go through each of them until you reach the 13th sign, which is what there's that that elusive the Christ one, which is Osephius or whatever. I don't know how to say it. The yeah. serpent bearer, the light bearer, it kind of has that Luciferian archetype. Um, and it's very much like Jesus bringing the light, the fully ascended enlightened man, and how you move through these star charts and you get to experience life from every angle. You get to be a beggar, you get to be uh, a rich person, you get to be elite, you get to be in the 1%, you get to be in the 99%. You get to be everywhere. Um, and experience everything from being a criminal to being a priest to a child to an adult. Um, and, you know, yeah, yes, all the Christians out there, even LGBTQ, at some point, if you're reincarnated, you will experience life as in, in any of those lifestyles. You might even be someone like Ashley or myself. Oh my gosh, right? You know, like all the dogmatic doctrinal beliefs now, what if they just get to get reincarnated and continue to experience and challenge that? And maybe I'm, our awakening now is because we've already been through it several times, right? Um, so that's the way I decode it, whether I'm right or wrong. Um, I really think that you do a great job on just decoding the math of it and, and really approaching it in less than a woo-woo way because I, I really don't consider what you do woo-woo it's really it's it's hard for me to describe what you do you're like a you're like a surgeon when it comes to the star charts and you know precisely what you're talking about and i love that so um how long has that taken by the way was that a gift was it something you worked on like what so um yeah for astrology strictly it's been um three and a half years. Okay. So it wasn't like this, you know, thing that I was just born with. Um, other gifts that maybe I was born with, which is ironic that um, my mom and, and her ex-husband would actually use kind of some of the prophesying gifts mm -hmm. that I had. Um, mm -hmm. 
but anything that didn't align, you know, that was that was probably demons whispering to me. Oh but yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, the worst kind, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've always had like one foot in, and one foot out of mm -hmm. like thinking about the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Um, yeah, since I was a a little kid, and so um, I've always been able to see things that people can't see, hear things that people can't hear, um, and. The reason that I'm so passionate about astrology is because I can sit down with a person. Um, I have a psych psychology background. Awesome. Astrology wow. is similar to psychology to me, that but it's like in that um, deeper spiritual way that I wanted to be able to reach people with. Hmm. Gotcha. And, oh, gotcha. You know, um, when I when I'm able to do someone uh, someone's charts, it is uh, it is literally like them kind of like um, exposing themselves in a way. And I take that very seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I try to gently, you know, kind of bring them through. There's a lot of crying a lot of times, a lot of shadow work that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Would happen anytime you're really a hard look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the only way to move forward is to start with looking. In. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Important. I love that. I love that. So you know, and, and guys, this is something we talk about in our community all the time. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift that is regressed and is under the surface. You may be aware of it. You may not be aware of it. A lot of people say, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what my gift is. Um, and a lot of times when you work with someone like myself or Ashley, you go, oh, duh, there it is. Like, it's right there, you know, and, and I've just been ignoring it and walking all over it. And so a lot of times we just have to be honest about what that gift is. And we have to work on it, okay? And that's one of the things that most spiritual TikTokers don't tell you. Being a spiritual practitioner, the word is built in with the word practice, okay? I practice every day. People are like, oh, you, you're so good at talking and you just get it. No, this comes from practice. I've been in theater my whole life. I did dinner theater with my church growing up. I've been on stage and in front of a microphone my entire life. This has taken a lot of practice including studying, being curious, exploring the supernatural, everything that I've done to get here. Okay. This did not just happen. Now, was it inherently a gift? Absolutely. Totally works in with my star charts, makes total sense to the character that I chose to be in this game this time around. Um, and I had a great question here. Michelle said, can you petition not to come back? Uh, but my question would be, why would you not want to come back? Um, and help other people. Because I think there's a lot of us that are, as Dolores Cannon talks about, volunteers, a wave of volunteers that maybe you have been through it plenty of times. And you're like, you know what? I can do this again. And I know there's going to be struggles and I'm going to forget and I'm going to have panic attacks and I'm going to go, who the heck am I? How am I going to afford this? You don't understand the economy that you don't understand my, my significant other and they cheated on me. and they did. But it's just all life, right? You knew what you were signing up for and somehow you chose a star chart that's going to serve you perfectly for what you're going through because everything is not happening to you and it is not happening for you. It is happening because of you. And that is one thing that I teach all the time. Um, that, that thing that happens in your life. I don't understand why I lost my job. You did it. It happened because of you. You quit that job long before you got fired. Uh, you knew you wanted to get fired long before you got fired because there's a dream in your heart that you are waiting to realize. Um, 
guys, this is yeah. Sasha Sasha says it's true, absolutely. Um, so that's really what um, you know. Ashley has practiced this over and over and over and over, and she has gotten so good at it, and I love it. Um, with that said, I want to get into a darker part here. Frank asked about, can we talk about the Salem witch trials? Sure. This is, I know this is hard because guys, th that is not a horror movie thing. Oh, it's so cool. Cause it's Salem and it's haunted guys. This was a horrible time in human history. Uh, the most demonic things ever done to people were done in Salem during the witch trials and happening all over the world, by the way, uh, starting with Rome, uh, literally covering people in tar and burning them, the Gnostics, or being just literally exterminated. Um, this has been happening all through history. So talk a little bit about that. Um, since you do identify as a practicing witch, do you kind of feel some sisterhood with a lot of those individuals? Um, I, so yes and no. So what I will say that um, I do believe that even things as recent as the Salem witch trials, but then there's still that happening in the world now, which people don't really understand, but there are people that are getting executed for witchcraft now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm going to say like probably like eight or nine out of 10, it is somebody accusing someone of doing that or being that when they're not a witch or anything. It's right, true. right. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. the entire uh, premise behind, um, you know, burning people at the stake and having this mass, mm -hmm. you know, witch hunt. Yep. It, it just, um, it just uh, oozes. Uh, we don't want the divine feminine rhetoric. That's it. Like the, and so where, however that looks, whether it's, you know, the Essenes and the Gnostics getting taken down for it, or then when we have the European witch trials, it's basically, um, yeah, it's just, uh, a power. Um, we're just afraid of what might threaten. And yep. that actually gives me like a little bit of hope. Because, like, mm -hmm. if we're that scary that you got to mass execute us, then mm -hmm. you know, let's do it. Like, let's go. I actually say Absolutely. online sometimes, I actually get told like several times a week that I burn in the lake of fire and whatever. <sighs> It's yeah. It's, pretty it's all in love though, right? Oh, Isn't it because they love you and want you to yeah yeah yeah. Or, uh, you know, God is coming for me. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. If that does happen, and I get to level up as a martyr, that's fine. I would prefer, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe I, maybe we could avoid that. That would be nice. But I yeah. think what you really look at with like uh, witch trials is that you have to look at not just like. Um, like how it started or how it was uh, able to go on, but like all the people that were okay with it and why, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And then maybe look a little inward and be like, mm, what's wrong with us that we're so scared of the supernatural that we'd be willing mm -hmm. to do that to human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Annie, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is, it's just, it's awful what, what these events in history were. Um, and then we've got uh, 3EM says people were tortured for any accusations of witchcraft. Um, and I'm watching uh, 1923 uh, with Harrison Ford right now. And uh, it actually ended and I'm waiting on season two. But um, there's the it opens up with uh, not not to spoil anything, 
but it opens up with you know the catholic church going and stealing native girls out of their tribes and taking them to a catholic school and literally beating them beating the savage out of them and this is the mentality guys one of the things that i value about this community and one of the things that i know ashley values and i know other people in our community value my opinion is not your opinion and it shouldn't be even people that are like oh i love what cub says i gotta get in the community i love i gotta watch him i bookmark him he always oh, speaking my language we've been through the same things and i hear that all the time i love that but don't ever let my opinion be yours develop your own opinion and let other people have theirs and don't just let them have it celebrate it i honestly celebrate the people that go and sit in church every week and know that jesus christ is their lord and savior and know that they need to go save other people because at least they're being real about it i don't agree with it but i do celebrate it and that doesn't mean that i'm going to go and evangelize to them that you need to be my way it means go for it you be you as long as you don't hurt other people and you're loving other people and you're not causing trauma i support you in doing that now the line for me again is when the trauma comes in and they're uh, showing up at your house and trying to convert you and that stuff that that to me is causing undue stress that is not good communication platforms nor is it good salesmanship you got to know when you have authority to even talk about something and normally that's when you're on a spa day with your girlfriend or you're, uh, you know, playing uh, basketball with your buddies or something like that. And you got that time to connect with someone and they organically bring something up. Like, hey, I noticed you have a weird moon tattoo on you. Is that like a witch thing or what? So actually, here's what it is. Boom, authority. That just opened up. That's the time to talk about it. And people don't understand that because everybody is inherently... Um, completely ignorant of how to communicate with other people. And in fact, that stems from the fact that you don't know how to communicate yourself because your entire life you've been told to communicate something outside of you rather than within you. And if you knew how to talk to yourself and love yourself and forgive yourself, you'd have a heck of a lot better time doing it with other people all over the world. So um, absolutely. And he says, my kingdom is not your kingdom. Amen, my friend. Amen. I love that. Uh, and then Frank says, your revelations are truth uh, and truth are meant to be different from mine. We all have our karmic journey and our spiritual purpose for attaining wisdom, truth and love. Amen. So we're at an hour right now. I'm going to share with you guys a little bit. If you're interested in getting to know myself, uh, Ashley, anybody else in our community better and join into the community. I want to share that with you guys right now. And then we're going to come back. I'm going to take your questions for Ashley. So this will be our little segment here for the last 20 minutes. Ask a witch. So you guys come up with your own questions here. Uh, but before we jump into that, I do want to remind you that uh, we show up here every single day. There's no guarantee of being paid. And the only way I can continue to do this and bring this type of love, light, and truth to the world is through our Mythos Insider community. It is only nine bucks a month now. We have a couple of different memberships available. You can now mix and match. You don't have to worry about which one do I get. You can do one or the other or all of them, whatever you want to do. Um, for nine bucks a month, you can join into Mythos. You get access to our private community, uh, which is just fantastic with all the stuff going on on social media. It's a great place you can go share your journey in a safe space. It's all family friendly as well. Uh, we have weekly virtual meetups on Zoom. We do that every Saturday, and a bunch of the ladies are doing Wednesday night book clubs now. So there's always an opportunity to join and meet other people. 
Um, you also get access to my access to my secret channel content, and I'm uploading almost every day to a private YouTube style channel right there on uh, my website, which is fantastic. Longer videos where I get to go deeper and really just share what I'm really trying to say on the air that I can't always say with the algorithms. It's not that it's bad, guys. Like people are like, oh, so what truth are you revealing? Guys, it's not like I'm doing any conspiracies over there. It's just over here, I have to say certain words and I can't go as long and I can't really share, uh, you know, exactly what I'm thinking and feeling. And, and, and unfortunately, that's just the algorithm. If I did that, people would get bored a lot. But people that are on the inside and really do want to know that get access to a lot of those behind the scenes videos. So all of that's only nine bucks a month. All you got to do is go over here, click on that. It's like two clicks to join. Super easy now. We do uh, Google Pay, Apple Pay, debit and credit card now, um, as well as PayPal. Um, and it's super, super easy. You guys go check that out. You can also look at the other options on the website. Mix and match all you want. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and pop that up on the screen. You guys can scan that at any point. Jump over there. I will personally welcome you today. I make a habit of welcoming people every single day over there. Um, so let me bring Ashley back here. And we've got some questions. Um, okay. So thank you guys for letting me market. I appreciate that. That helps us uh, put bread on the table. So thank you. Uh, Sean says, you are all amazing. Thank you for sharing the space and time with each other. Love and light be with us all. Much love. Thank you, my friends. Um, and then L asks, have you met people uh, with a ton of those 12th house placements? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, absolutely. There's people in our community, too, that have um, 12th house placements. The 12th house is, uh, it is ruled by Pisces, but it's the house of karma. And so people that ever have really heavy 12th house placements, uh, not only can that kind of show you what, um, maybe what direction your life purpose is supposed to go, um, but it also can show you maybe some things that you've brought with you from the other lives. And awesome. so important house, um, but heavy uh, 12th house placements though are just like any like anything else, it's an opportunity. So did you not quite figure that out in your past life? Well, you're gonna do it here. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. I did not know that. Um, see, you learn something new every day. I love that. Um, Suzanne says, does evil exist? And this is a great question because there's a lot of different types of witches. Um, and I know you're definitely, uh, what would you consider yourself? Like there's left-hand path and right-hand path. Uh, what do you lean towards? Um, so yeah, technically I guess, uh, I'm somewhat eclectic, which means like um, I can draw from like different magical schools. Mm -hmm. But as far as left and right hand path, that depends on what you are doing in my world. That depends on what right. you're doing. I can't just be right hand path if I have to go protect against something mm -hmm. um, that is dark and wants to come for me. I'm not going to get very far in the right hand. Absolutely. But I will. I will for sure not uh, put any negativity out into the world, especially with my magical practices. Of course, we're human, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Magical practices, unless it's absolutely Gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I love that. Um, Aliora says, I am left-handed. Um, and then let's see, da, da, da. 
Uh, so Suzanne, I did want to add to that because that's a great question. Um, and I think Ashley will probably agree with me here and probably have way more data than I do. But uh, just because an energy is chaotic does not make it evil. I think a lot of people look at something and they go, well, demons are chaotic. If you actually look up the definition of demons biblically, they're not necessarily evil. In fact, they were just the unalive spirits of Nephilim, which were hybrided. They weren't allowed to ascend or to cross over in the energetic realms. If you go on that mythology, that's one thing. The other mythologies, if you go back into the Greek, you get daemons. And those are uncreated chaotic spirits that have no form. And they're just bouncing around off of everything. And they disrupt whatever they attach to by nature it doesn't necessarily have to do with the fact that they're trying to harness and be evil um so can you talk about that a little bit because i think there's a big distinction that needs to be made between chaos and pure evil because they're not necessarily the same thing yeah definitely um so first of all uh, do i think that evil exists absolutely because if good exists have a counterpart every action opposite equal reaction However, do I think that things usually start out as evil? Right. Uh, you know, the, the best person or the best, you know, intention get evil pretty fast when things go wrong. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But as far as, like, uh, the difference between, like, you know, chaos and, like, dark ent entities mm -hmm. or that. Um, yeah. So there, as, as much as there are different between uh, human beings. Um, some of us are funny, some of us are kind, some of us are snarky, some of us are mean. I think that much and more is also spirit realm. So Got it. Got it. like just good or evil, I think most of all beings. Yeah, yeah. And I think that humanity puts oftentimes what we deal with when you when you consider something, oh, that's demonic. It's because a human has taken a chaotic energy and rather than transmuting it and claiming authority over it and doing something with it, something productive with it, they have just sent that back out into the universe with their own trauma attached to it. Mm -hmm. And therefore it grows as a spiritual entity, as we would call it, um, of evil because you've been hurt by mommy or daddy and you took a chaotic energy or went through a season of your life with a lot of chaos and rather than really learning from it and saying, I have authority over this and I'm going to come out better for it and I'm going to bless people in the storm. You went through it and went, what's happening to me? I don't understand. And you went crazy and you went and got drunk and you did all kinds of stupid stuff. And you created these energies back into the world that made pure chaos even more abundant and basically had little demon babies with that. And what we're called to do as spiritual practitioners, even by Jesus himself, is take pure and utter authority and remember that we are gods. Yes, little g gods. Jesus said it, not me. We are actually divine and we have authority over all of these energies. Jesus sent those demons out of the humans into the pigs, into the swine. He transmuted the energy. How did he do that? He ran them off a cliff. The swine freaked out. They ran off a cliff. Could he have taken them and wielded them and done something with them? Absolutely. And there's probably many times that he did. We just don't have the data because... That's kind of scary to tell your average blue hair churchgoer, um, hey, you should be transmuting demons, you know, and they're like, but I brought macaroni salad to the luncheon, not demons. You know, they don't understand. Right. And that that has nothing to do with age. It just has to do with the culture we've built in 
and we watered down the message of what we were given, this beautiful message of Jesus that gave you all authority under heaven and earth to literally manifest the kingdom of God here and plant all those seeds. Um, and we've totally forgot, forgotten about that. So I, agree. Um, I will say too, yeah. like, uh, for me, um, I'm much less scared of evil uh, being outside of religion. Yes, yes, um, I know. Side of religion, um, but then also, you know, the this pretty one of the scariest things I can possibly think of. People worship everything. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. So. And uh, I, I want to second that because let that ring out in your ears. Once Ashley deconstructed and once I, once I deconstructed, my nightmares were cut way below half of what they used to be. My worry about hell was cut way below what it used to be. My peace that surpasses understanding was, was heightened and boosted. And I got to tell you guys, I don't, I don't think about it evil every day like I used to. I used to believe we were in this great spiritual war. Now, um, I don't even side with a lot of the spiritual creators that thinks it's us versus them, that there's evil gods and we're the good gods. No, no, no. I think our number one job, literally, even with these entities that were horrible, horrible throughout history, and you can go look at the Old Testament God and the things that he did. I mean, if anybody did that today, they would be sent to the electric chair, just done. Like, doesn't matter what state, they'd bring it back for this person because uh, it's just horrible things done. Uh, I think it's over 5 million deaths in the Old Testament from that one entity that, that are just counted so far. But what if we could love that? What if you could actually love that? What if you could say, you know what? You've been a total, but you know what? I love you. And I think somehow you did it out of ignorance. And I want to say that I've been looking into the Gnostic uh, pantheon of deities. And Yalda Bayoth is one of the most interesting entities to me because he's the very manifest image of chaos manifesting without love because Sophia birthed him and was horrified and then traps him in a realm with a throne in the middle, mind you, and he creates his own world inside of it. Well, and what that's you, the world we live in. The outer darkness, then you have yeah. no, and so he just creates a mirror realm based yep. on from being there. And so then I, yeah, I give him some credit there. Like I'd probably do the same thing. And so my question is, is like, Sophia didn't love him. She just didn't want the other gods to see. She's like, I'm going to trap him, imprison him in this realm, and he can do his thing. He is my son, so I don't want to just do away with him. But there wasn't any love or nurturing there. And it's like, what if we were the very channel of the true kingdom of God that could actually love all of that negative, chaotic energy and balance it out and begin to polish that mirror so it could see the truth? Well, and remember, she comes down and she kind of sneaks in goodness into the archon. Yeah, yep. And which kind of shows like, uh, yeah, there really is no pure good or pure evil. Yep. About it's your all where you're sitting and what you're looking at. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, great question. Spiritual wonder. Is Jesus a fractal uh, of Enki reincarnated? Um, I did a whole episode on that. And I can tell you without a doubt conclusively that I don't know. Um <laughs> And I mean, uh, people have debated that forever. There's the whole theory that Jesus is Thoth or Hermes uh, Tresmagistus. Um, 
you know, are they all the same entity? I think they all hail from the same collective intelligence for sure. Um, and I think many, many times Jesus has walked this earth in the flesh, honestly. Um, in fact, I think uh, Buddha was probably one of them. Um, Buddha was a king, a, a prince, and uh, decided to leave his wife and kids to go search for the, the path of enlightenment, right? And fully woke up and was able to transcend and rainbow light body and literally disappear. Um, I mean, just the wildest stories that people swear by. I mean, swear by to this day. They did back then, too, that they saw it, they experienced it. And uh, there's even the theory that, that Buddha is in the Bible 500 years before Jesus in the character of Boozy. Uh, in fact, Joshua shared that with me. Um, such an interesting thing. And so do I know? I have no idea. But I do look at the archetypes. And anytime there's an archetype of an angel that has fallen and wanted to bring gifts and enlightenment to humanity, and there's another God that punishes that, I question the other God that punishes it over the fallen angel, because Jesus literally meets the standard of what a fallen angel, he came from another realm, came to earth, shared with humanity, and then went back. I mean, that's what we know about him. But when you call him a fallen angel, the average Christian gets really <laughs> offended. Uh, oh, feathers falling on TikTok. Thank you guys for the gifts, by the way. I haven't even pumped up gifts today, but thank you guys. Um, Molly says, love has saved our planet from destruction several times. Yes, absolutely. Um, so where are you on love, Ashley? You've been through a lot. Um, where, when did you discover true love and how, I mean, cause I believe you, you definitely practice that in your practice. Uh, and a lot of us, if you're like me, you've been through about a hundred thousand bad relationships, or at least it feels like it. And you realize a lot of times what love is not, and you kind of have to find that in a different place. So where did you ultimately find it? Good question. Um, so uh, other than just like the religious trauma and then, you know, stuff with my ex-husband, that was honestly in the grand scheme of things, that really was a drop in the bucket of what I've actually mm -hmm. gone through. A lot of people have gone through, you know, just bucket loads of trauma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, when did I experience love? Um, that's going to make me a little emotional. Um, so before, uh, before I got into the, um, situation where my mom married her ex-husband, mm -hmm. when I was, um, before that I was raised by my uh, grandma and grandpa. Okay. And, um, they instilled so much love in me that through like the like eleven years that came after that, yeah, I know that I was loved. So that's the first time that I ever experienced love. The first time I actually was able to put that back out into the world um, was uh, yeah, raising my siblings, I guess, and then when I had my own kids. So, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, and that's what um, somebody mentioned about, thank you for mentioning the Native American plight. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things that I, uh, I really like about indigenous uh, culture and lore and spirituality is the idea of grandfather and grandmother. Because if you think about the love of a grandfather or a grandmother, nine times out of 10, this is not always the case, I get that, but nine times out of 10, those individuals have 
had a long life of healing themselves. And uh, I love the quote, hurt people hurt people. And most of the time, especially as we get, you know, in 2023 here, um, it takes us a while to figure out who we are. And if you have kids at 18 or 20, you got a boatload of hurt and you're hurting the kids that you have. I mean, maybe not intentionally, but you just don't understand. You're trying to get them to avoid the trauma you had and instilling more trauma on them. And it's this vicious cycle. And so I love the idea of grandfather, grandmother, because it shows that, you know, here's the thing. When I would grow up in church and they're always like, your father loves you, your father in heaven loves you. And then I would look at what Old Testament God did. And I'm like, how is that loving? And then you assume, oh, that's how my dad's supposed to be. And then all the movies you watch where there's a father that beats their son, they're beating the love of God into him. Like, it's just that really sick mentality of somehow by brutally punishing something, it shows that we love it. And there is literally no love in that. Jesus said, if a son asked for bread, would his father give him a stone? Yet we know the Old Testament law was to literally stone those who were asking for love and forgiveness. And so it doesn't make sense to me. And I had to really go back to the drawing board and think about what does love really, really mean? And I remember a horrible fight I had with my dad when I was younger. And uh, we both had like picked up a plate and we were going to throw a plate at each other. And he just stopped and hugged me and I just burst into tears. And we've had a, a, a up and down relationship my whole life and we're good now. We've got a great relationship now, but it was that moment that I was like, okay, love in some form does exist. Cause I didn't really know what that meant until then. And I've spent my whole life trying to figure that out uh, fairly unsuccessfully and I think finding this community and finding truth is the only place that I've been able to find true love. And I think it literally started in 2020 when I said, I don't care what it threatens in my life. I want the truth. And, and I never approached love until I approached the idea of truth. And uh, that wasn't the truth of like, you know, the flag waving, you know, everybody's lying to us conspiracy theorists. There's a different truth there. It's subtle and it's loving and it's kind and it's peaceful uh, and it heals everything it touches. And that for me is love. And and it took, it's taken a lot for me to understand that. So. And I think I will, I'll actually uh, take back what I said, because it's very easy. Like, even if my siblings were kind of like a kind of put on me, um, it's easy mm-hmm. to right? It's very easy to love babies. I'll actually take that back and say the first time that I really experienced hard love was when um, I became a mom and looked at my mom at um, having me at seven. And really oh, wow. Yeah. What? That she was a child forgiving some of her, a lot of the stuff that happened. Actually, wow. Yeah. Love. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, Part two, actually. Oh, really? (laughs) Hey, I've got a question for you here. Sonia asks, um, I have quite a few fourth house placements and 11th house placements. Uh, I've been trying to decipher what that means for me in my life path. Um, I'll let you answer that the best you can, but I do want to remind you, please go check out her website. Um, it, if you have questions like that that are that deep already, 
get it all put together for you. Like she does so much legwork and what she charges for it is truly not enough. So get it while it's as affordable as it is. So, um, so it's, it's a little bit difficult for me to answer that question. I'm just talking about uh, the houses without knowing um, what your rising sign is. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, so the fourth house, what is that? That's the house of uh, father, mother, siblings, family, home, upbringing. Okay. You have heavy fourth house placements that's ruled by cancer. Um, depending on how that's all aspected, we're going to see themes there. Now, whether that is that you were lacking in that as a child, and now it's kind of like you're, um, there's like this urgency to make that for you as an adult. Mm -hmm. can, yeah, uh, different uh -huh. And then um, uh, the 11th house, um, so that's, it's technically a house of good fortune. It can um, talk about, about career, but not just like career, um, how happy and satisfied you are and how purposeful you feel in what you're going to be creating in the world and make money from it. So that's review okay. about awesome. those two. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I hope that helps, Sonia. Like I said, do connect with her. She has all her info right there on her website. And um, I, I love what she's doing. I don't promote people on here I don't believe in and personally work with. So just so you know, I'm not a part of some weird network where, where we all get kickbacks. This is really people I believe in. And I wouldn't promote Ashley if she has not directly helped me. So please go check her out. Um, Tommy Money, what's up, brother? Tommy wants to uh, know, Ashley, do you read tarot as well? Uh, yes, yeah. So I do. I read tarot and oracle. Um, that's kind of like my second tier offering. Um, tarot is a wonderful tool. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. Even when you were talking earlier, Cub, about um, like uh, your incarnation journey, mm -hmm. that's the fool's journey in the tarot. Right. And so it gotcha. starts school and it ends um, at the world. And then uh, okay. Gotcha. Tarot is wonderful, uh, a great divination tool. And it's super helpful if you're not wanting to do as much like maybe like interpersonal, inner introspective work, but you just want direction for like an immediate situation. Then Tarot's like, you know, let's get there quick. We get some spirit guide helps. Yep. And again, you know, algorithms, guys. I mean, it, you know, as much as I love AI, there is no, there is literally no replacement for a flesh and blood beating heart individual who has been through life too and understands pain because an AI cannot understand pain. Pain is one of the things that separates us here on our healing journey. Without pain, we don't know we need to heal. And that's like one of the the things that people don't understand about this journey here is you burn your finger, you know, you need to heal it and not touch stuff with it for a while. Same thing. You get burned in a relationship. Maybe you shouldn't have another relationship immediately. Maybe you do need to go into one, but you need time to heal and, and work on, okay, why, why did this go wrong? Why am I attracted to this type of person? And what do I really want? Whereas most people, they just go, oh, I've been hurt. They either put up a wall and they go, I'm not dating anymore. And they go crazy and they just do whatever they want with whoever they want. Um, or they never date again. Or they try something completely different. You know, they don't take the time to really look through that algorithm and heal from it. And that's why it's so important to work with a real human. And I want to warn you guys, 
this is a perfect opportunity to talk about that. Um, there's another country right now. I can't say that country on here or it will get my video flag that has released 400,000 artificial intelligent bots to live stream 24 hours a day. And they, they plan on this being something like 400 million by 2025 that are just going to be live streaming, selling products 24 hours a day. And they're already showing the stats on what they're selling. And I'm just here to tell you guys, connect with real people, okay? Just because an AI tells you it doesn't mean it's true. Now, yes, it can tap into an algorithm, but the point of a real spiritual practitioner is they've been through it. Nobody can connect with you like you, and you are not AI. You are a real human, and you need to connect with a real human. So I really wanted to put that out there. Before we see it, you're going to see it when Metaverse launches and AI is taking over and you can't tell who's who and what's real and what's not, your heart will know. And so if you resonate with someone, go with them, explore it more. So that's all I had to say about that. But yeah. Well, I, that's the other thing too, is that um, if you have any interest in like tarot, astrology, palmistry, whatever divination kind of things, the best first thing to do if you want to study that or start practicing it is to get your own stuff read first, like first gotcha. personal to you, mm -hmm. um, best way to learn. Uh, but then also it gives you an experience, like what would that actually be like if I were to start doing this? And just, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, like, like connecting with a person, it kind of, okay. you know, gets a little on your heart if you're like me. Yep. Got it. Got it. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Aliora wants to know what's my star sign if I'm born on the 26th of July 1988 Leo is my birth sign but what's my star sign if you know that off the top of your head wow if you don't then connect with her because that might be you know I look things up guys so Ashley might know that off the top well, I'm not exactly sure what she's asking um so if if she's a Leo okay that's that's her sun sign. We don't the sun sign. Okay. Star sign because um, the constellations and the planet, like so. They're gonna they, move through yeah, the yeah. How it works is that um, whatever constellation the planet is in when you're born is why you would have like a, a Jupiter and Aries. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I guess I didn't totally understand the question, but she wanted to. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure I do, but but definitely go hit up her website, and um, it's actually um, stan dot store s t a n dot store s t o r e slash dream star oracle slash dream star oracle stan dot store slash dream star oracle. Just for you guys on TikTok, I know a lot of you have asked questions. And when I have a guest on, it's really hard for me to look at all of the screens because ADD, but or whatever you want to call me, just crazy. That that'll work. But um, okay, L says, "What are uh, both of your signs?" Uh, so yeah, so L wants to know uh, what's your actual sign, Ashley, and what's my actual sign. Oh yeah, so um, uh, I actually go by the big three in astrology, so that would be your sun, moon, and rising or ascendant sign. Uh, I have a Pisces sun and moon, meaning I was born under moon. That's awesome. how you know if those two line up, you're born under a new moon. Uh, and I have a Leo rising. And then you come, um, you have Pisces sun, Scorpio rising, Cancer moon. Wow. Yeah. 
Now, I, that's why you said that I'm because I'm like fire and water, right? Yes. Well, because so uh, so you have all water in your big three. And that's like okay. where I've actually well, maybe I'll say it now, but I've actually developed this kind of new thing I'm doing where I'm okay. called throne room. Okay. It, big three sit instead of like the king and queen. There's three of them. Oh, right. Like part is like the nobles in the in the court. Wow. I guess a little sneak peek. Um, I love it. I love it. So second, though, you have a lot of fire placements. If I can remember correctly, you have fire placements in your other interpersonal planets, which would be like Venus, Mars, Mercury. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you explained to me, too, this crazy thing that, you know, I've never shared with anybody. I've always struggled with it my whole life. People immediately love me, fall in love with me best friends, hang out all the time, whatever. And then they go, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I, I can't even be around him. And it's because I'm, I'm very fiery, passionate when you get to know the real me. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, I'm a lot more approachable and watery and just fluent and like, oh, whatever goes. But when you really get to know me, I'm really picky. And I, I know I need things to be the way I need them to be. And I'm unapologetic for it. And it really, pardon my language, but pisses a lot of people off. And so my whole life, I've struggled with that. And when Ashley called that out, I was like, dang. And I, and at this point, I hadn't worked with Ashley as much as we have now. No. Um, you know, we were uh, still getting to know each other within the community six months ago or whatever. But uh, so this is that for her to just call that out was like, whoa, like, wow. You know, and a lot of people don't know how to handle that. I thought something was wrong with me. And really, one of the core things I've learned is that I have to find quality people that are a good match for me and that I'm willing to keep in my life. And that's one of the hardest things is, um, did I let them go or did they leave or both? And so that's kind of the thing is like, I've got to find people that I know this is a quality person. I resonate with them and I want them in my life and I'm willing to work on that relationship with them. And incidentally, my wife is one of the first people I've chosen to do that with. And had I not chosen to do that, I would already be divorced. So that, that was one of the hardest things to go, this is worth fixing. This is worth committing to. This is worth uh, me understanding myself enough and her enough to continue this relationship because everything else in my life, if you weren't related to me at some point, have a falling out or don't talk to each other, you just drift away, whatever it is. And I always wondered what was wrong with me and Ashley pointed it out perfectly it's because you get the water and it lulls people in and then boom, there's the fire. Like on, you know, a certain day when you don't know it. And it's not because I'm actually crazy. It's just because that's how my creative spirit goes. So well, I'm actually, okay. So I'm low key a little proud of myself because it is heavy Sagittarius placements. That is your fire. So I'm like, that was like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for uh, you. And you also, I mean, you have some Aries there too. Uh, that's not so much like uh, for other people though, but that would affect you and, and your sweetie. Okay. Um, but ever there's going to be like this heavy water placement and these heavy fire placements, I have the same issue as you do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, go find less. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, we can't not be all, all things all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And that's 
I learned, I don't know, 10 years ago, I can't work for anyone else. I have to work for me. And then when I built a business where I was working for me, but I was still working for other people, I found myself just as miserable as when I was clocking in. Yeah. And so that's why doing what I do now, it's also a reason I haven't opened up to one-on-one -on -one yet is because I don't like to work for other people. I love serving people. I love it. I love it. But when I, when people are holding me accountable because you work for me or I paid for dot, 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 that's when I start having problems. Cause I'm like, no, 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 I'm serving. And if that doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Uh, that doesn't work in the corporate world, by the way, can't be like, well, I've given you my best. And if you don't resonate with that, then that's fine. But I still need my paycheck. That does not fly. You have your Jupiter and Pisces too. So mm -hmm. that's water sign so that's not one that wants to be like bogged down or uh, held accountable to a certain like time frame also one that's probably not going to be satisfied unless they're doing things in like uh the mystical fields or the occult fields or the paranormal fields absolutely absolutely yeah because for me there's always something new every day you know and and part of me that does get bogged down a little bit is there's so much to learn and so like i do have this like ADD mind that there's so much and I don't know where to start, but I've been able to develop my creative processes around that. Even getting ready for today, Ashley got to see kind of the, uh, how the sausage is made. I got to plug in, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into putting a broadcast on like this every day. And I don't just click go live, uh, when I'm ready to go live, I literally have to like craft all the links in the description and make sure that all the pop-ups are ready. And, you know, it's, it takes a whole lot to do all of this. And so that feeds me creatively. And it's a process I can get behind because I come out with a unique product every day and I never get bored, yet I still have a beautiful process I can create within that helps guide me every day. And that that has taken, you know, being homeschooled uh, helped a lot because I was a self-starter. You know, here's your math book. You know, you have to pass that before you go play outside. Well, I better learn how to do that because I want to go play outside and I want to be out there at two o'clock so I can go build the best fort before all the other kids get off school. And, you know, that was a good motivator for me as a homeschool kid. So, yep. I wanted to say uh, we got a question here. Um, Michael on TikTok said, I have sun and moon in Aquarius and a few other houses in Aquarius. Is that common? And so I just want to. Oh, make awesome. Um, so Aquarius is uh, the least common sign of the zodiac. So, okay. no, okay. um, and in the age of Aquarius, I have this whole theory about Aquarius heavy placements are like, uh, it's your time. So like, please, uh, lead the way and, you know, let's, uh, let's level up and, gotcha. but no, it's not common. Um, which makes sense because Aquarius is the most, uh, oddball of the entire Zodiac. So the fact that oh, it's okay. a common Zodiac sign. And I will say I have one of Aquarius placements. So right there with you, Michael. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Steven says, love and appreciate everything you do for us, Cub. You bet, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I do. I'm going to cut questions off right now because I have one for her. Um, here's my question. I promised that we were going to talk about what do we know about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus that even your pastor won't tell? My dog is growling at my other dog. That's there's your sign. Um, you and I have both discovered things about Jesus that you're just not going to hear in church. 
Uh, there's even that great verse where he talks about when you see the man with two pitchers of water. There's a lot of Zodiac vibes within the gospel. Can you share just a few of those real quick with the audience to understand that Jesus, the story of Jesus is not just this singular narrative of salvation. It is a mystical experience and journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I guess I'll start with, uh, yeah, so in Acts, uh, uh, the apostles are supposed to go find the the man with the water pitcher. Mm -hmm. And the, the weird thing about that is that men would not have had water bearing. That's a, that, that would be a woman chore. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and then the, not only the tarot, but the, the constellation of Aquarius is a man pouring out the water pitcher. Mm -hmm. No, man pouring out the water pitcher. He's actually pouring it in the mouth of one of the fish of Pisces. In oh, interesting. Um, yeah, that, that was a fun thing that I learned. Boy, and that ties into in Gospel of Thomas, where Jesus talks about the fountain that he is drinking directly from, because yeah. Jesus is often referred to as the Piscean Age, right? Well, he, yeah. So, yeah. The, well, you know, the fish is even. Um, yeah, there's well, there's a whole lot to why Jesus would be the Age of Pisces, but it doesn't even matter if people want to associate him with the Age of Pisces or not, astrologically. Mm -hmm. That time frame was the age of my so oh wow that's crazy oh my yeah. god so the cool. backwards on the zodiac um so like for um aries was like the ram right um and that would have been um like the age of um abraham okay yeah yeah right and like all those sacrifices with the rams literally yeah, exactly. yeah. And, or maybe I have it. Maybe I have it backwards. But um, but then like Taurus was the bull. Um, not only is in the Taurus did like Hinduism mm -hmm. theoretically begin. Okay, interesting. interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, for the astrological age, uh, the age of Pisces is absolutely when Jesus would have been alive. And now we're going into the the age of Aquarius. So. Wow. And somebody said, and or Michael said, and the Jesus fish is really half of the Pisces. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Or the ichthys, the Greek ichthys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The motto for the age of Pisces, or for any Pisces, so for us, mm -hmm. it's I believe. And then moving into um, Aquarius is I know. So this is the age of gnosis. And that's where the water bears uh, pouring out knowledge that's why from that fountain of life you'll never thirst again because wow. of knowledge that's crazy oh my gosh have you ever what's up martin how are you brother martin must be off work now martin jumped on earlier and said he had to jump back into work but uh martin says moses is an old uh in an old art is depicted uh with horns oh yeah yeah you're right you are right um very very interesting um, have you ever broken down, Ashley, and I don't know if anybody has, we just don't have a whole lot of data from the 12 apostles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm wondering if their archetypes are exactly what the 12 houses are like. It, do you think that there's some direct correlation there? Abs I mean, yeah, absolutely. I haven't done that. I would definitely be willing to do it. Um, okay. Off the top of my head, though. Um, so if we're just going to think about like the four gospels, then I would assume they're going to 
for the first four signs of the zodiac. So that would be um, Aries and Taurus and Gemini and Cancer. And so of the four, uh, John is automatically going to be Cancer, the disciple yeah. that loved, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I would think that uh, Matthew would probably be a Taurus because uh, he was a tax collector and we got an earth sign there. We got money. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, and then Luke, I would think he'd be his gospel is uh, most wordy. Yeah, yeah. You know, have that throat chakra thing going on. Uh Um, and yeah, I guess then Mark would be Aries. Um, but I don't know why Mark would be Aries. I just got to put him somewhere because I figured out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. And then you get into uh, you know, Gospel of Thomas, which is all about gnosis. So, I mean, would that make uh? Would that make Thomas the Aquarian sign then? Like, uh, yeah, the pouring out of knowledge or? Yeah, and it, yeah, if I think, well, this is fun. Um, uh, or if yeah, let know. me just test you like live on the air. Why not, right? No, that's fine. This is super fun. Um, then I would, then I automatically would think that, um, well, I guess Judas could go two different ways. Yeah. Oh, uh, because Scorpios are all about, um, I shouldn't say it like all about, but one of the things that they're highlighted in is revenge. Oh, okay. That's a big Scorpio thing. Gotcha. That Judas may be a Capricorn because Capricorn is associated with Saturn, which is associated. So. Okay. Got it. Got it. Wow. Interesting. We're not the devil unless you're my favorite. I call him the Capricorn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Okay, you guys see what she just did there? I I mean, obviously, I totally put her on the spot. Thank you, by the way, for being a team player. Um, This is what I'm talking about, guys. Her knowledge runs so, 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 so deep. So please consider, go check her out and what she's doing. Um, Obviously, she has a busy schedule, schedule, so first come, first served. Um, But please, hit up her website. I know several of you did already, so thank you for that. Uh, counting elephants said that was cool. Um, mainly I did that just to spin on it. I love doing stuff that I don't know. It keeps it fresh. Every episode I have to do that because people ask me questions and often I will read them and have no idea what the answer is and have to just pull from my own knowledge and thoughts and, and just channel whatever's coming through. So, um, but Ashley, thank you for being here today. Uh, this has been fantastic. You are an incredible soul. Uh, you're an incredible asset to our community. People look to you, I know, and I really appreciate that for you being such a leader and team player and everything. Um, thank you for thank building. You. you bet. You bet. Absolutely. So there's Ashley's. And you guys don't forget, um, if you do want to be a part of our community, this is where I met Ashley, right? I mean, this is where we meet all kinds of different people. Ashley is not the only brilliant person in our community. We've got a ton more. I- and we've got um, we've got another collab on Monday and another collab the Monday after that. I'm starting to bring people from our community on the podcast because we have so many people that have been well-developed. If you're not well-developed in your spiritual gifts yet, do not worry. I've been working on my academy, which you'll see if you scan that code, you'll see Mythos. If you scroll down, you'll see Charisma Academy. I'm working on the ABCs of building your supernatural life. And you will not believe how simple it is and how it is just a one, two, three step process. No 12 steps here. It's just about rinse and repeat. 
you are going to go through that process with me. And that's how a lot of people in the academy started. We have people now that are teaching within our community and starting their own spiritual practitionership that a year ago didn't even know if they wanted to leave the church. They didn't know if they wanted to dip into spirituality. They just knew they liked my message and they joined. So do not be afraid to dip your toe in. If you don't love it, you can cancel anytime. www.cubcooker.com. Thank you guys so much. Ashley, thank you, my friend. I love you and we love you. I know this community loves you. Uh, you got a big audience today. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And if I can do like a closing statement. Yes. Statement would be for anyone is that um, no matter where you're at in your faith or what background you come from, um, you know, Jesus did give us two commandments. First one was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second one, like the first, which is love your neighbor as yourself. So just don't forget to love yourself or you're not going to be able to do the other ones. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. That's absolutely. Um, if you notice, both of our journeys started with that. We wanted the truth and then we were willing to dig through all of our uncomfortable feelings to find true love. And that literally started with us loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves. And then you can do it with other people and it becomes second nature. There's no, I got to try today to love people for the Lord. No, you're just like, you know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're throwing rocks at me right now, but it's only hurting them. And and that is that's a beautiful place to get to. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we haven't suffered a lot, but it does mean, thank God, we're at this point where we genuinely love ourselves and we can view everyone as us because we are all one. And if you guys need any like higher buddies, like I'm here. So. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to do like a friendship matchmaking service now through your like, Oh, Molly's a perfect fit for this person. And we can, yeah. Molly says, love you, Ashley Ward. Um, let's see. Oh, we have more questions, but we're going to, we, we got to go for today. So thank you guys. Uh, Annie says, I love you. We love you, Annie. Thank you for being here. Love thank you, you Ashley. You have a great day. I really appreciate you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Namaste and peace.